Wow. This is so different than the last two months of speaking to an empty room. Wow. Thank you guys for coming and, um, and to all the moms, ha happy Mother's Day. And let me spend some time in prayer. Father, the last few months we've been hearing about what's an essential job and what's not essential. And one thing we know, moms are essential because none of us would be here without a mom. Father, thank you for moms and the sacrifices they make so that we could have life and pray for the moms here that, um, that they would be encouraged and inspired by this service and their high and very special calling. Father, we know what's a happy day for many is a sad day for others. Those that this is a really sad day for those that have lost moms or, or, or children or not been able to be moms, that you administer grace. Father, I think of my own mom, and I'm sure others have moms like my mom that are in nursing homes in isolation and can't even see their own families. And we pray that they would know how treasured they are. Father, we hear so much information today, and it's hard to know what's true and what's not. We're so thankful that we have the Bible, the Word of God, and we have a chance to gather online and in person and open it up and discover truth. So may your spirit fall fresh on us and teach us during this time. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. The message today is entitled, Extraordinary Women Jacobed. And you say, where did that come from? Well, many years ago, many years ago, uh, a pastor named John MacArthur wrote a book. And the book was entitled, Twelve Ordinary Men. Twelve Ordinary Men was about the apostles and what God did through ordinary men. And the women in his church immediately began to give him grief, saying, when are you going to write a book about women? When are you going to write a book about women? And he said, what man would be foolish enough to write a book called 12 Ordinary Women. I mean, you can get away with the book 12 Ordinary Men, but no man would be foolish enough to write a book, right? 12 Ordinary Women. So he ended up writing a book called 12 Extraordinary Women. And so today, I don't know if Jacobet is in that book or not, but I know that Jacobet is an extraordinary woman. And some of you say, who? Now, you might not know her, but you know her children. Uh, one of her children, she had a daughter whose name was Miriam. Miriam was her daughter, and Miriam was a prophetess and a song leader. You know her daughter, Miriam. You also know one of her sons. Her son's name was Aaron. And Aaron was the first Levitical priest, the first Aaronic priest. You know him. And, and then I'm sure all of you know her other son, whose name was Moses, Moses, and what we're going to learn today from learning about Jochebed is that Jochebed passed on her faith. Jochebed passed on her faith, and I want you to know that heroines or heroes, they inspire us, they encourage us, and so I want looking at Jochebed today to inspire the moms, you can pass on your faith, you can do it. And if you're not a mom and, and you're a disciple, I want to inspire you. You too can do it. You can pass on your faith. You can do it. You can do it. That's what we're going to be inspired today as we get to know Jochebed. So if you have your Bible, turn with me to the book of Exodus, second book from the front of the Bible. 
And we'll start reading in Exodus chapter 2, verse 1. Now a man from the house of Levi went and married a daughter of Levi. How many of you like gross things? How many of you like gross things? Not many of you like gross things? Okay, well, I'm going to give you something gross whether you want it or not. At least some of you will think it's gross. In Exodus chapter 6, verse 20, Amram married his father's sister, Jochebed. So who did he marry? His what? His aunt. Some of you say, there you go. Yeah, right? So, so Amram married his father's sister, Jochebed. That's the couple we're reading about in Exodus 2. Um, now, I'm sure if Jochebed got a little bossy or whatever, he would call her Aunt Jochebed, right? But Amram married his father's sister, Jochebed, and she bore him Aaron and Moses. So back to chapter 2. Now, the, now a man, Amram, married uh, uh, from the house of Levi, married a daughter of Levi, Jochebed. Now you know the characters, right? The woman conceived and bore a son, and when she saw that he was beautiful, she hid him for three months. When I read that to Karen, she said, good thing he was beautiful. <laughs> what would have happened if he wasn't? But, but look at that. So, so Jochebed conceived. She bore a son when she saw that he was beautiful. Do you know who's writing this? Who's writing this? <laughs> Isn't that good? Moses is writing about Moses. Oh, he was a beautiful child. Isn't that good? <laughs> and I want you to know that Moses, or this was Moses' second favorite verse, I believe. I mean, he liked this one, but there was one better. In, in Numbers chapter 12, now remember, Moses is writing this, okay? Under inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And Moses writes, now, the man Moses was very humble. <laughs> more than any man who was on the face of the earth. <laughs> Isn't that great? That Moses writes, I was a beautiful child, and I was the most humble man on earth. Any more that you want me to say, God, right? Now, now it is interesting because what mother doesn't think her child is beautiful? But it's interesting, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, and so the word there was tov, which means good. Remember back when we were in Genesis 1 and God created everything and God looked on all that he made and he said it was good. And that was tov, and so that's what it's said about Moses. Now, so far that's good, but, but she hid him for three months. Why did she hide her sons? Why didn't they put him on a screen like we did today and celebrate? Why not? So, so let me give you the backstory here. Um, in 1970, uh, young people before the 2000s, there was the 1900s. In, in 1970, I became a Christian in this community. And when I came to faith in this community in 1970, my faith was celebrated. When I quit getting drunk and using drugs and stealing things, people in this community rejoiced and celebrated that I had come to faith in Christ. That made me more mainstream. 21 years later, my family and I moved to St. Augustine to start Good News in 1991. At that time, my faith was tolerated. People said, oh, you're here to plant a church? That's good for you, but I'm not interested. 
So it had moved. In, in 20 years, it had moved from being celebrated to being tolerated. And now, almost 30 years later in 2020, now our culture, our community is increasingly hostile to people of faith because I'm seen as a threat, as a, as a danger. You don't believe me? <laughs> Recently, I'm watching TV and there's a commercial. It's about the general, about the general insurance. And you know who's doing the commercial, right? Who? Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg is mainstream in our culture today. He's not divisive. He's not seen as dangerous. He can advertise, but I am considered like hateful and mean. Isn't that interesting? Do you see the shift in, in society since me being a Christian from being, from being celebrated to tolerated to hostile? Um, now, what we're going to learn today is that Jochebed passed on her faith in a hostile environment. Here's the backstory for Jochebed. Jochebed is about 1500 B.C., about 1500 B.C. 400 years before this, in about 1900 B.C., 1900 B.C., uh, Israel and his 12 sons moved to Egypt. They moved to Egypt. One of his sons, Joseph, is already there. He's second in command. There's a famine around the world. They go there. In 1900, when, when the Hebrews move to Egypt, they're welcomed and they're celebrated. But over 400 years, once they were celebrated, and then a, and then a couple hundred years later, they were tolerated, and by the time of Jochebed, they were hated. They were seen as a threat. They had multiplied so much that a new pharaoh arose <clears throat> who didn't remember Joseph, and he was afraid the Hebrews would side with their enemies and would overthrow them. So Pharaoh came up with a plan to wipe out the Hebrews. At that time, they were called Hebrews. They were not Israelites yet. They were not Jews yet. They were called Hebrews. His plan was to wipe out the Hebrews. Here was his plan. When a baby was born, if the baby was a boy, he was to be put to death. If he was a girl, then she would be allowed to live because without any males to marry, she would end up marrying an Egyptian, and then she would lose her faith, and the Hebrews would be done away with over time. And so he passed a decree that every baby boy, Hebrew boy, was to be murdered. But the Hebrew midwives wouldn't do that, and they let the baby boys live. And, and when Pharaoh said, what's happening? They said, well, the Hebrew women are stronger than Egyptian women. And when they have a baby, they take off running with that baby before we have a chance to kill the baby. <laughs> so... Uh, Pharaoh has a plan to wipe out the Hebrews, but, but God has a bigger plan. And God's plan, our sovereign God's plan, was to save all the nations through one of Abraham's descendants, right? We studied that a couple of weeks ago, right? That God said to Abraham, I will bless you, and in you all the nations of the earth will be blessed. So God intervenes in history, and God raises up a mother, Jochebed, to pass on her faith to her son in a hostile environment. Now, imagine, imagine you're Jochebed and, and, and you're pregnant um, and, and, and maybe you kind of want a son but you hope it's a, a girl because if it's a son they're going to murder your son and you say, well, that's just so hard to imagine. Well, imagine you're in China today. You ever thought what it would be like to be a mother in China? And you're pregnant for the second time. 
And you know, you know that if the communist government come, finds out they're going to come and force you to have an abortion. So that's what Jacobet is like. She's having a son in a very hostile environment where they, she knows that if she has a son, they want to kill her son. She had a son, so she hid him for three months. She had a baby boy. He was beautiful, but she couldn't post it on Facebook or Instagram. She couldn't have family overs and celebrate. She had to keep it quiet. It's pretty hard to keep an infant quiet, isn't it? Can, can you imagine doing that for three months? And, and then she realized she couldn't do it any longer, so she, she hatched a plan. Man, it was an audacious plan. It, it was quite a plan. Listen to her plan to pass on her faith to her son. But when she could hide him no longer, she got him a wicker basket and covered it over with tar and pitch. Then she put the child into it and set it among the reeds by the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to find out what would happen to him. So I believe that Jacobet did a little reconnaissance, and she went out and she noticed where Pharaoh's daughter would come to the Nile at the same time in the same place each day. And she said, oh, I got a plan. I got a plan. I'm going to make a, a little boat for him, and, and we're going to put it. And when Pharaoh's daughter comes along, she'll, she'll keep my son alive. And, and, and Jacobed posts his sister, whose name is? Very good. Miriam there to keep watch. And set it among the reeds by the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to find out what would happen to him. The daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the Nile with her maidens walking alongside the Nile, and she saw the basket among the reeds and sent her maid, and she brought it to her. When she opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the boy was crying, and she had pity on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. <laughs> now listen. Miriam came through, just like Jochebed had told her, right? Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call a nurse for you from the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for you? Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go ahead. So the girl went and called the child's mother. Then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away, your child, right? And nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. My wife, Karen, loves the A-team. Well, she actually loves the end of it, right? When the colonel says, what, nothing like when a plan comes together. And so the plan she set up worked perfectly. She, her son's Moses' life was spared. She got to raise her son, nurse her child, and what else? She what? She, she got paid for it, right? What a plan. Now, I'm sure a lot of ladies are going to go home today and tell their husbands, know what we learned in church? You should pay me for what I do, Right? So, she got Moses. You know what she did? Jochebed passed on her faith. She passed on her faith. Now, how much time did she have? Well, probably at least three years. Could have been more. But during that time, she had her son. She knew he was going to go into a very hostile environment. And so she passed on her faith. And you say, well, how do you know she passed on her faith? Because we read of the evidence of that in the story as it continues. The child grew and she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter and he became her son. And she named him Moses and said, because I drew him out of the water. 
Now it came about in those days when Moses had grown up, he went, that he went to his brethren and looked on their hard labors. Now, now notice this. I know that Jacob had passed on his faith because Moses had an identity. He said, I am a Hebrew. I am a Hebrew. I am not an Egyptian. Not only did he have a sense of identity, he had a sense of community. He says, I don't belong in Egypt. I belong among the people of God. Uh, Moses, that he went out to his brethren and looked on their hard labor and saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his brothers. He said, I'm a Hebrew. I belong to the people of God. He understood his purpose, that God had placed him here to be a deliverer. So he looked this way and that, and when he saw there was no one around, he struck down the Egyptian and hit him in the sand. He knew God had a special purpose for his life. What he's doing here is not exactly God's plan, but, but he knew that he had been raised to know who he is. I'm a Hebrew, where I belong, among the people of God, that I'm here for others. He went out the next day, and behold, two Hebrews were fighting with each other. And he said to the offender, Why are you striking your companion? But he said, Who made you a prince or a judge over us? Are you intending to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid and said, Surely the matter has become known. When Pharaoh heard of this matter, he tried to kill Moses. But Moses fled from the presence of Pharaoh and settled in the land of Midian, and he sat down by a well. If you study the life of Moses, it's a three-act play. The first act, the first act is the first 40 years in Egypt. Act two is 40 years in the desert. Act three is what we're familiar with when Moses leads Israel out of Egypt. But listen, Jochebed passed on her faith in a hostile culture. And you say, how do we know? We see it in Acts 2. We also see it in Hebrews 11. I haven't studied the whole chapter, but perhaps, perhaps Jochebed and Moses are the only mother-son combination inducted into the Faith Hall of Fame. I mean, you know, there's a Baseball Hall of Fame and and NBA and NFL, there's a faith hall of fame. And this year, as we've been walking through Genesis, we've seen how some of our heroes were inducted, like Noah or Adam or Enoch or Abraham. And, and did you know that both Jochebed and Moses are both in there? If you have your Bible, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11. And listen to what's said about Moses and Jochebed in the faith hall of fame. Starting in verse 23, by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. Listen, Jochebed walked by faith. And then notice, she passed on her faith, right? Because Moses walked by faith. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. No, no. I, I'm a Hebrew, I'm not an Egyptian. Choosing rather to endure ill treatment with the people of God. No, no, I don't belong in Egypt. I belong among the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Considering the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. He lived with a purpose passed on to him by his mother. By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is unseen. 
Moses walked by faith for 120 years. By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood so that he who destroyed the firstborn would not touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as though they were passing through the dry land and the Egyptians, when they attempted it, were drowned. Wow. Jochebed passed on her faith. She passed on her faith to Miriam and to Aaron and to Moses. She passed on her faith to Moses and her son Moses was the one God used to lead Israel out of Egypt. So I want Jochebed to inspire you to inspire you as moms that, that, listen, here's the action step for you. Pass on your faith. Pass on your faith. Listen, if you're not a mom, but you're a disciple, listen, I want to inspire you. Pass on your faith. Pass on your faith. You can do it. So let me share with you a few of the ways that Jacobed really inspires me to pass on my faith and inspire you. The first thing that Jacobed inspires me is that passing on our faith is the most important thing we can do. The most important thing we can do as a mother or a father or a disciple, the most important thing we can do is to pass on our faith. Isn't that what Jesus taught us, didn't he? In Matthew 16, 26, for what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Listen, what would it profit us if, for a mom? What would it profit us if, if our kids went to the best colleges or played on the right team, but they didn't know Jesus right? Listen, what, is it, what does it profit us if, if we're giving our lives away to others, that, that if people accomplish all these great things, but they don't know Jesus? And you say, why is that so important? Because people are forever. People are forever. So, so listen, it's either going to be eternal life or eternal punishment, right? Um, we really need to hear that in our culture today. Uh, I think our culture is really shocked that people die. Have you noticed that? I think people in America, we have such safe lives that people have almost imagined that medicine and science are going to keep us from dying. So now all of a sudden we face a pandemic and people are dying and, and, and people are shocked. And so I want you to know I have some good news for you and I have some bad news. Here's the good news. You are not likely to get the virus. And here's the good news. You are not likely to die from the virus. The percentages of people, it's so small. Listen, you're not likely to get it or to die. That's the good news. Well, what's the bad news? Well, you are going to die. <laughs> really, people are so afraid of a virus that the likelihood of them getting it is so remote, but the same people don't realize they're going to die. So maybe nobody's told you, listen, you're going to die. You're going to die. The reason, the reason it's so important to pass on our faith it's because here's what the Bible says in Hebrews 9, 27, and inasmuch as it is appointed for men to die once, and after that to face judgment. See, unless Jesus comes back first, we're going to die, and then there's going to be a judgment day. It's either going to be eternal life or eternal punishment. Huh. Did you know that? That's why it's so important we pass on our faith. Um, one more thing. I want you to hear what Jesus said. In Luke chapter 12, verse 5, 
but I will warn you whom to fear. Do you know anybody who's afraid now? Do you know anybody who's filled with anxiety or fear? Do you know anybody? But, but listen to what Jesus says. What Jesus says is radically different from our culture, and we need to hear it. But I will warn you whom to fear. Fear the one who, after he has killed, has authority to cast into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. I talk to so many people who are afraid of this virus, but I don't talk to people who are afraid of meeting God one day. And what Jesus says, what we ought not to fear is a virus that kills the body. The one we ought to fear is the one who, after we die physically, has authority to cast us into hell. That's the bad news of the gospel, is we don't want to die without Jesus. In Romans 6, 23, what does the Bible say? For the wages of sin is death. Do you see that? See the word sin? The word sin means that we've committed crimes against God, and that's true of all of us. God tells us what to do, and we look at God and say, no. And so the crime, the penalty, the wages for sinning against God is death. And when the Bible says that, it's not speaking uh, simply of physical death when our bodies and spirits are separated from each other, but it's talking about eternal death, which is the separation of our body and spirit from God and from all good things forever. That's what Jesus says we ought to be afraid of. We ought to be afraid of dying and getting what we deserve for our crimes against God, which would be separation from God and from all good things. That's the bad news. Um, you ready for some good news? Oh, man. Once you understand what we deserve for the wages of sin is death, oh, listen to this, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The good news is we can get what we don't deserve. We can get a free gift. We can get eternal life. Well, where is it? It's in Christ Jesus. If we want to have eternal life, we need to know who Jesus is, that Jesus is God who became a man in the person of Jesus Christ. If we want eternal life, we need to know why he came. He came to save us from our sins. He lived a perfect life. He climbed on the cross. He took our sins. He paid the wages of sin. He died in our place, staying on the cross until he could cry out, what? It is finished or paid in full. And then on the third day, he rose from the grave and he offers us a free gift. He says, you don't have to get what you deserve. You can get what you don't deserve. Well, what is eternal life? It's the forgiveness for our sins. It's the opportunity to do life with Jesus and for Jesus, an abundant life now, and then it's life that lasts forever. And what does he require of us? <clears throat> our, part is, our part is faith. Matter of fact, uh, in, in John 6, verse 27, this week I was sharing my faith with someone, and, and when I had the person read, truly, truly, he says, why does the Bible, why does Jesus say truly, truly? And I said, well, he's saying maybe you've been sleeping up to now, but don't miss this. When he says truly, truly, he says this is really important. So I want you, because so many people are filled with fear today, I want you to read this verse with me, will you? Okay, will you read it with me? Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes has eternal life. So listen, who does Jesus say has eternal life? So if you believe, listen, you don't need to be afraid. You know why? Because you have eternal life, right? So say, wow, thank you, Jesus, okay? 
that you've got a free gift rather than the wages. But if you haven't believed in Jesus, listen, it will not go well with you if you die in your sins, but if you believe in Jesus, you can have eternal life. Wouldn't you like to be forgiven? Wouldn't you like to do life and eternity with Jesus and for him? You can. What Jesus requires of us is that we believe in him. And believing in Jesus really is as simple as ABC, where we admit and then believe and commit. It starts when we admit, Jesus, I've sinned against you and I'm sorry. And if you haven't, won't you do that even now? Won't you admit? And then we believe, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose. Wow. And then we commit, Jesus, I want the free gift and not what I deserve. I want you to be my Savior and forgive me and give me eternal life. And I want you to be Lord of my life. Help me be the person you want me to be, won't you? Listen, we cannot pass on to our children or others what we don't have ourselves. And so it's so important to us that we believe in Jesus and we have eternal life. And then the most important thing we can do for our children or the people we love is to pass on our faith. Jacobed inspires us with that. Secondly, I think Jacobed inspires us that we can pass on our faith in an increasingly hostile culture. Listen, Jochebed passed on her faith to, to Moses in a hostile culture where Pharaoh wanted to kill her children. And moms and church, we need to understand we are not in the promised land. We are in Egypt. And we live in a culture where our culture wants to devour our faith and the faith of our children. It's important we learn from Jochebed that we are raising our faith and passing on our faith in an increasingly hostile culture. Another way that Jochebed inspires us is that we only have a short time. We only have a short time to pass on our faith. And then, just like Jochebed, we unleash our children into a hostile culture. Jochebed knew that. She knew she had three years, maybe four, maybe five, and so she was incredibly intentional. Sometimes, don't we imagine we have so much time, don't we? We have such a short time before we unleash our children into a hostile culture, right? Uh, another way that Jochebed really inspires me is that from Jochebed we learn that we need to go first. We need to go first. That if we want our children to walk by faith, we need to walk by faith. Moms, will you go first? <laughs> oh, I love how the Apostle Paul puts it. In 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, Paul says, Be imitators of me, just as I also am of Christ. Don't you love that? Paul says, listen, I'm going to go first. You follow me, you follow me, and, and I'll follow Jesus, and we'll do this together. So, so moms, we go first, right? We walk by faith so that we can help our children walk by faith. Disciple makers, we go first, right? And, and you might say, well, what does that look like? Well, I don't know if you've noticed, but in the study, a couple of pages in, there is a description of what a discipled person looks like, and it's great for moms. What do I want to pass on to my children? If you're discipling someone, what do I want to pass on? Well, I want to pass on identity. I want my children to know who they are. And community, I want them to know where they belong. And purpose, I want them to know why they're here. And hope, I want them to know where they're going. And isn't that what we see with Jochebed? Isn't that what Jochebed did? Jochebed found her identity in her God. She said, I am a Hebrew. 
and she passed that on to Moses. Isn't that what we see? By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. I am a Hebrew. I am not an Egyptian. And, and, and so, moms and disciple makers, we are Christians. We are disciples. We are followers of Christ. That is who we are. Right identity? How about community? Listen, Jacobet knew where she belonged. I belong with the people of God. I don't belong in Egypt. I belong among the people of God. And she passed that on to Moses, didn't she? Didn't we see that? Listen, choosing rather to endure ill treatment with the people of God. Listen, I don't belong in Pharaoh's palace. I belong among the people of God. Wow. Listen, we do not belong on earth. We are strangers and aliens, even in our country. Where do I belong? Listen, I belong among the people of God, right? We're here on earth on a mission, right? Listen, she passed on identity and community and purpose. Jacobet understood she was not here for herself. She was here for others, and she passed that on to Moses. Matter of fact, I'm going to share with you something now that's worth the price of admission, just what I'm about to say, okay? So, so don't move, miss this. If you want to know something that will change your life, listen to what Jochebed taught Moses. Considering the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, Jochebed taught Moses that the worst that Jesus offers us is better than the best Egypt offers us. You say, what? Jochebed passed on to Moses that the worst that Jesus offers us is better than anything our world offers us. And you say, what? You see, Jesus offers us good things, right? I mean, forgiveness and eternal life and a name, right? But he offers, also offers us what? Suffering, right? Doesn't he? And he offers us being uh, hostility because of his name. And what Moses learned from his mother is that suffering for the cause of Christ is far better than anything America offers us today. What would our lives look like if we believe that? That suffering for the cause of Christ is far better than anything the world affords. That's why Moses led the people out of Egypt, is he understood that suffering for the cause of Christ was better than living in Pharaoh's house. Hmm. Identity she passed on, and community, and purpose, and hope. Listen, Jacobed knew that our God is a God of the living, not of the dead. She knew the best was yet to come, and she passed that on to, to Moses, didn't she? Listen to what it says, for he was looking to the reward. Moses lived today in light of that day. Listen, I'm going to live forever, and living forever impacts the way I live today. Wow. Do we pass on to our children that here and now is a short time, and, and listen, we're going to live forever? But perhaps what she inspires me the most of is this. 
She inspires me, inspires mom to take a risk, to take a risk. Have you heard anybody in the last couple of months say, be safe? Be safe. Wash your hands. Stay inside. Has anybody said, there is something worth risking everything for? Have you heard that? Oh, listen, Jochebed didn't live a safe life. She had a baby, and she was under orders from the government to murder her son. She took a risk. She risked her life to pass her faith on to her child, didn't she? Wow. And what kind of child did she raise? A safety-seeking child? No. She raised a son just like her who risked his life to deliver Israel out of Egypt. This can be our finest hour if we choose, like Jochebed and Moses, to live by faith. We're living in a culture filled with fear where everybody is about, be safe. No. No. We're to live by faith. You know why? Because we have eternal life. We can't lose no matter what happens. What does the Bible say? It says, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Shouldn't that unleash us to live lives of faith, shouldn't it? Shouldn't we be living radically different lives than the people around us who don't know Jesus and are filled with fear? And so this week, I'm going to give you a very contrary message. Please don't be safe this week. Don't be safe. Live like you know Jesus. Live like you can't lose. Live a life of faith. A Christ-exalting, risk-taking, gospel-sharing life this week. And you know what? The people around you, they'll notice you're different from the people that are living by fear. Let's pray. Oh, Jesus, we're so glad you came, that you took on the cross what, what we deserve so that we could have what you deserve. Thank you. Thank you for dying and rising and giving us eternal life. And listen, if you're here and you've never prepared to die, won't you prepare today so that you can quit living with fear and start living, won't you? Won't you admit to Jesus, Jesus, I've sinned against you and I'm sorry? And won't you believe, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose? And, and won't you commit to him? Jesus, I want you to come in and, and be my Savior and, and give me eternal life and forgive me. I want you to be Lord of my life. Help me be the person you want me to be. Now listen, if you've done that for the first time, w would you text us? At, it's a, you could open your eyes. That would be okay. Would you text ABC to this? We'd love to rejoice with you that today you put your faith in Christ. Lord, I pray... 
I pray for moms here. I pray for us as disciples this week that, that we would remember that the most important thing we could do is to pass on our faith. And Lord, help us to pass on an identity and a community and, and a purpose and, and hope. And oh Lord, I pray this week you'd set us free from our fears, that we would live like people who know you, that we would live radically different lives from the lives of people around us because we know you, Jesus. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen.